Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. It is your five o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet Cadillac here in Lafayette. Go check them out at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. Let them help you with all of your automotive needs. The five o'clock news cruise, we are trying to take you home, trying to get you through the news of the day. And the afternoon commute. I must confess something to you. I followed the elections happening around the country last night. Looked at the data. Saw a lot of the hot takes. Went to bed. I was certain that I was going to be talking a fair bit about those today. And I I was right. But then I woke up this morning and I was reminded, tonight there's a debate. And Donald Trump is holding a rally. And I saw earlier that Jeff Landry has named his incoming uh, commissioner of administration. There is too much news. I I, I will be honest with you, I don't want to watch the debate tonight. Although I kind of do because last night's elections are going to become part of tonight's debate prep. I mean, that's that the candidates have now put that into their talking points for the debate. Let me start by saying this. In Kentucky, in statewide races, Republicans won all except the governor's mansion. And there's a lot being said for why Daniel Cameron didn't win. There are a lot of people who are saying that, well, Trump endorsed candidates once again lost. It's partially true, but not for the reason you're thinking. There are a lot of people running campaigns for Trump-endorsed candidates who look at the electorate around them and say, that's all you need. Trump's, I mean, look at the, look at the numbers. Trump is over 50% nationally in the Republican primary. Clearly, everybody loves Trump. Just say that you're endorsed by Trump. The Republicans will come flocking to you. It's Kentucky. It's a deep red state. No. And my counter to those people who say that Donald Trump is the reason Daniel Cameron lost is that, look at Jeff Landry. Jeff Landry was endorsed by the Trump family. Jeff Landry is probably the poster child for what a MAGA Louisiana person might look like and sound like. He is a good, conservative, southern guy, deeply conservative, fought Democrats along, fought John Bell Edwards nonstop, loved him some Donald Trump, got the Trump endorsement. How much of that did you hear during Jeff Landry's campaign? How much of that did you hear when Jeff Landry had commercials, when he did interviews? 
the media didn't even hit Jeff Landry on, on the Donald Trump connection. Donald, Donald Trump was not a factor in Louisiana's gubernatorial campaign, despite the fact that Jeff Landry is the exact type of, of Republican that, that Donald Trump would endorse and proudly tout. But Jeff Landry ran as his own person, and in particular, he focused on law and order. Which I still think, with everything else going on right now, I think consistently the best message for Republicans now and a year from now is going to be the crime problem. Because the crime problem is not getting better. The, the economy can have its ups, it can have its downs, and who knows what it's going to look like when Joe Biden is actually up for re-election in the middle of a primary season or in the middle of a general election season. Who knows what that will look like? You don't. I don't. We have our guesses. The trend lines of the economy don't look great. But the Democrats are not fixing the crime problem. And yes, it is coming from their own ranks. It is coming from their own policies. And it's coming from the top down, from the national on down to the local. Democrats have taken a very soft-handed approach to crime. And we see it here in our state. Louisiana, New Orleans, was the murder capital of the world. It's actually not right now. The, the, the murder rate has gone down in New Orleans. But you know what New Orleans is really known for right now locally? It's pretty much a gigantic car lot that if you are so motivated, you can go up and carjack somebody. Carjackings left and right in New Orleans. And the city has really not done anything about it. Crime is up in several different areas. And so Jeff Landry ran on the very much perceived crime problem. You can look at the statistics, and I know people have them. So, well, if you look at it, the, the crime stats are going down. But look at the types of crimes, the carjackings, the shootings. There's more and more headlines on those. People are perceiving that problem. So Jeff Landry ran on that. That was the bulk of his campaign in 2023. So that's why you can say, yes, Jeff Landry was a Trump guy, but Trump wasn't a factor in the Louisiana race. Jeff Landry was able to define himself. And because of that, I really think that Trump not being a factor is one of the reasons that Democrat turnout was so low in Louisiana. Trump for all that he motivates his own voters when he's on the ballot, whether he's on or off the ballot, Democrats get motivated by his name too. And they weren't motivated in Louisiana. Because of Daniel Cameron's association with Trump, yes, that motivated some Trump folks to go vote, but that also motivated a lot of Democrats in the suburbs. You can't say that Trump nationally is a problem for Republicans because there is no national Republican Party anymore. I like I know the national GOP is technically a thing. The, the RNC is a thing. But Republicanism. The idea that people belong to the Republican Party. Nope, there is really no 
general flag of Republicans anymore. It's all very regional. In Louisiana, Trumpism, MAGAism works. It works very well. Even so, our candidates, our Republicans are running on platforms other than that, and they're making huge gains. In Kentucky, several Republicans ran good campaigns, and they won election in statewide races. The only one that didn't was a guy who was endorsed by Trump, but more importantly, made his own campaign about his ties to Trump and didn't offer anything else. He didn't define himself any other way. Now, on the flip side of all this is everybody that's saying abortion's a big thing. Abortion's a big loser for Republicans right now. If we're talking about Ohio, the amendment they voted on was very confusing in wording. If we're talking about Virginia, the 15-week abortion ban, no. Actually, no. Because the vote was split fairly evenly. Republicans lost the House after a redistricting cycle that favored the Democrats. The Democrats kept the Senate and they gained control of the House. But the actual breakdown of votes wasn't some massive referendum on Republicans. It was very slight, the advantage the Democrats had. Republicans did a really good job in Virginia of getting the early vote out and getting the mail-in vote out. You know what happened? There was no day of. Republicans on the day of, for whatever reason, were not motivated to go vote yesterday. And so for the people who are out there saying abortion's a killer, no, it's not. Abortion's not a killer. Like Donald Trump, abortion's a very regional thing. Now, what Republicans have to do in places where it is, uh, uh, where, where pro-life is a lot stronger, they still need to figure out a way to talk about it. I think Virginia, in focusing on a 15-week abortion ban, was able to thread the needle a lot better than a lot of other groups have. A lot of Republicans... In the post-Roe era of America, a lot of Republicans haven't figured out how to talk about abortion as an issue now. And it's hurt them in some statewide races. But the Democrats are drawing all of these conclusions. MAGA is dead. MAGA is a killer. Abortion is a killer. Not the way, not the way we say it's a killer, but it's an, it's, a, it's an electoral killer. They say all of these things. The Democrats are saying all these things because, once again, the, the Democrats had a good night. In some key areas, the Democrats had a good night. But Republicans in very local races had a great night. We're in a very regional era of politics. We're in a very local era of politics. The national organization for both parties sucks. Both parties currently led by men that if you look at the exit polling for yesterday, a majority of Americans don't want either of the two men at the top to run again. They don't want a repeat of 2020. The exit polling is pretty damning for both Trump and Biden in that in those states where they held elections, they do not want to see a Trump-Biden rematch. But the polling shows a lot more hesitation for Joe Biden than it does Donald Trump. A lot more hesitation on Biden. A lot more people would rather Biden not run again. They don't feel as strongly about Trump not running again, especially when it comes to age. Because there's only three years between the two men in terms of age. But Joe Biden shows his age a lot more. 
The Democrats still have a very, very real problem with Joe Biden being at the top of their ticket. The question becomes, how do Republicans take advantage of that? How do you thread this needle? Because there are some places, I know some of you are going to hate to hear this, but there are some places that are fairly Republican, but also not big Trump places. They're not big MAGA places. They don't want Trump. They don't want the idea of Trump. They don't want the idea of MAGA. They want Republicanism as it was before 2016. So how do nationally Republicans thread the needle between those groups and the groups that are so MAGA they won't vote unless Trump is on the ticket? How do you thread the needle there? That's what the Republican Party has to figure out. All right, let's take a quick break. Your calls, your messages on the app and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number. Or, like Gwen, use the KPL app chat to be part of the conversation. Gwen asks a fantastic question. What about Mitch McConnell? Did Mitch McConnell play a role in Kentucky last night? McConnell did push Daniel Cameron. And a lot of folks are pointing that out. But here's the thing to note. And this is, I, I don't like Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, I, I really do think, is as much a supervillain as anybody else. But I can't blame Daniel Cameron on Mitch McConnell because Jonathan Schell won statewide for agriculture commissioner against a well-funded Democrat. Jonathan Schell is Mitch McConnell's campaign chairman and a longtime aide. Well-known ties to Mitch McConnell why I can't necessarily blame McConnell for last night because McConnell's hands are in every Kentucky race all the time. Yes, McConnell needs to step down. It is time for him to go. But I don't think what happened in Kentucky last night was his fault. I think it was a lack of creating of, of Daniel Cameron creating an identity for himself other than, hey, Trump endorsed me. And that's not a knock on Trump. That's just saying he didn't define himself, and therefore he allowed the Democrats to define him, which is something you don't want to do. Now, again, Gwen, thank you very much for the question. Glad I was able to talk about that. Now, before we go to break, I need to let you know that, again, this is the 5 o'clock news cruise. Cruising along home with the news of the day through your rush hour. And i got to let you know that it's brought to you by Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer nine years in a row You need to stop by and check out Service Chevrolet Cadillac and check out their huge selection over at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. Whenever you get the chance to stop by and let them help you with your automotive needs, you can get it all at Service Chevrolet, including new and used cars, parts and service work, body and collision work, fine line custom auto, get access to the wash, all sorts of great things. There's new inventory arriving daily, so you need to go over there and check them out. Or if it's after hours, you don't want to go over there because it is getting dark outside. Go ahead and shop online at servicegm.com. Service Chevrolet Cadillac, our family serving your family for the last 50 years. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet. Let's take our break. We will be back to talk about the debate tonight. Maybe we'll get to Jeff Landry's Commissioner of Administration too. I don't want to talk about the debate. I don't even want to watch it, but we're going to talk about it 
We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Shout out to Scott and Gwen who have already sent messages today. You can join in the conversation through the app if you don't have it. Go to your app store, whether it's the Google store, whether it's the Google Play, uh, the Apple app store, whatever. Download the KPL News app. Once you do, there's a little message, little text message looking icon in the upper right corner. Just tap that. If you sign in there, you can send messages to the show. And I like, as you guys hear, I like talking to folks on the app, both typing back messages to you, but also responding to your questions on the air. So by all means, Download the KPL app, use the app chat feature today, and be part of the show. Now, just in case there are any people in upper management listening, I did not bring a bottle of bourbon to work today, though I was very, very tempted. Because before I got to work today, I realized there was a debate tonight. That was after last night's excitement with all of the elections. There is now a debate tonight. There will be five people on the stage. It will be Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Chris Christie, and I think Tim Scott just barely eked it out. I love Tim Scott. I want nothing more than Tim Scott to be president of the United States. It's not going to happen. He's not the man for the current moment. Republicans want a fighter. He has shown he's not really much a fighter. He will try tonight. He His his goal tonight is to try to make a spectacle of himself. But I think at this point, uh, he's losing the money game. He doesn't have the money to, to maintain a long race, and he certainly doesn't have the poll numbers. Uh, a lot of the same support that he was getting was also going to Mike Pence. Well, Mike Pence dropped out. Thank God. Thank you, Mike Pence. Mike Pence dropped out. A lot of his voters are now starting to go to Nikki Haley. They're not going to Tim Scott. They're going to Nikki Haley. Tim Scott needs to drop out. Chris Christie. I am entertained by Chris Christie on quite a number of occasions. I don't hate the guy. Chris Christie needs to drop out. The only person on that stage that I have a personal distaste for is Vivek Ramaswamy. And he is going to get lit up tonight because of all the Israel stuff going around. He has talked frequently in the past, including since October 7th, about how we need to stop sending aid to Israel. He will get lit up most likely by Nikki Haley, maybe to a lesser extent by Ron DeSantis. But the show tonight isn't about those three. The show tonight is going to be Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. How much do they attack each other? Because they have to attack each other. This is essentially a three-person race, and numbers two and three are way, way behind number one. Both Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley have to figure out a path forward to try to get to a closer number two spot, and it goes through either one of those candidates. There's been some suggestion and even some polling that says that Ron DeSantis' voters, if he were to drop out, would go to Donald Trump. I don't think that's the case, not all of them. Anybody who has stuck with Ron DeSantis for this long is clearly looking for an alternative to Trump. I don't think they will necessarily go to Donald Trump if Ron DeSantis were to drop out. Nikki Haley's supporters are more likely to go to Ron DeSantis than anywhere else because he's the only other viable candidate on that stage. 
But a lot of the folks that support Nikki Haley are folks that are kind of nervous about and they're 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 anti-Trump folks. And they're kind of nervous about how Trump like Ron DeSantis is in many of the ways he's tackled policy and the media. But if either one of them wants to be considered viable as a viable alternative to Donald Trump, they have to attack each other. They have to critically, rhetorically, not physically, but rhetorically wound the other in a way they can't recover. I'm not sure we get that tonight. I don't really think we're going to see that until Iowa. Now, Ron DeSantis got a very key endorsement the other day. He got Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds endorsement. Whenever Kim Reynolds endorses, that typically moves a lot of the Republican machine in Iowa to back that particular candidate. That could make a difference in the Iowa caucuses. You have Iowa, you have New Hampshire, you have South Carolina, you're going to have Nevada. Those early states are going to make the difference, but you have to actually beat Trump in one of those states, and there's nothing to suggest that's going to happen yet. If the Reynolds machine does work in Ron DeSantis's favor and he does happen to overtake Trump in Iowa, all of a sudden you've got a very interesting race. Because right now a lot of the numbers stick with Trump because a lot of the folks, Trump has his hardcore supporters. They're never going to leave Trump. In fact, a lot of them have basically acted like if Trump's not on the ballot, they're not voting at all. But there are people who are supporting Trump, and in the polls they say they support Trump because they don't see an alternative to Trump. First and foremost, they want to win. If Trump doesn't win one of the early contests, then you'll probably see a lot of Trump support waver and start to dip back down. But it all starts with tonight. How well do Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis carry themselves in tonight's debate? They're going to go after each other. They're going to go after Trump. They're going to use last night. They're going to use the loss of Daniel Cameron. They're going to use uh, the results in, uh, in Ohio. They're going to use the results in Virginia. They're going to say that Trump is poison. And they're going to say that the Trump-backed GOP chair, Ronna McDaniel, is poison, is, is not doing a good job, that we need a fundamental restructuring of the Republican Party, and it needs to start with a different nominee. That's what they're going to try to argue. And they're, each one of them, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, is going to argue that they're the best replacement. I've seen the hit pieces coming out on Nikki Haley already. She's running on big tent Republicanism. She's gone a little soft on the social stuff. She's gone a little soft on the big business stuff. She's running a big tent Republican campaign. Ron DeSantis is running a campaign where he's saying, basically, I can be as good as Trump. I can be better at being Trump than Trump was when it comes to administration. I can do everything Trump did as president, but I can do it better. That is the Ron DeSantis campaign strategy. And he's gone all in on Iowa. The first race that's coming up, the caucuses are on January 15th. So they're running out of time to make themselves a viable alternative. But tonight is going to be one of those nights. Now, the thing is, speaking of GOP leadership, why in God's name did Ronna McDaniel decide, hey, what we need is the mainstream media involved? After the GOP said we're never dealing with the, with the mainstream media in our debates again. Now it's what? Tonight is, uh, who's the mainstream network? Is it NBC? I think it's NBC. Now, 
to be fair, partnering with NBC in this is my other parent company, Salem Media, conservative media network, mostly uh, digital and radio. They're going to be there. I think Hugh Hewitt's going to be on the stage, which I hope nobody from my other corporate office, uh, nobody from my other corporate office is going to listen to me say this, but Hugh Hewitt's boring. He's not going to be a great moderator. What we're going to need is... We're going to need better moderators. We're going to need a better debate format because what we have isn't working. Five is still too many. It's clear based on the numbers that the only two who might be able to rise to number two and be able to take on Donald Trump would be Nikki Haley and or Ron DeSantis. I don't want to watch the debate, but I will. I will watch it for y'all, but I don't want to. All right, let's take a break. 232-1542. When we get back, if you want to call or you want to send a message, Gwen, I see your message coming in on the app. I'll get to that when we get back and wrap up the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back as we wrap up the Joe Cunningham Show and your 5 o'clock news crews brought to you by a service Chevrolet Cadillac. Go find them at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey Parkway or go to their website. You can shop online by going to servicegm.com thank you very much service for being our five o'clock sponsor now before we go do want to mention this um gwen i know you sent a message in unfortunately i can't see the message because the app website crashed on me but i believe that you were saying if nikki haley had such a great record as governor for eight years why isn't she bragging about it right now and i believe gwen also called nikki haley a rhino I don't think Nikki Haley's a rhino. She is very conservative. In fact, if you listen to her talk about some of these social issues, it's clear that she's, and this is the disappointing part, she is using the lines that are being fed to her by campaigns rather than what she really feels on those social issues. Um, I've met her in person. I've listened to her speak in person. I know people who are good friends with Nikki Haley and they all vouch for her as, and I'm, I'm talking about like really uh, like people who are, uh, who would rank further and further to the right on the conservative meter than I do. Um, if I'm center right, these people are very far to the right. They, they know and like and trust Nikki Haley's level of conservatism. Nikki Haley's problem is that she's trying to run big tent Republicanism as her campaign. And it's not really resonating with the folks that are looking for that Donald Trump type fight or that Ron DeSantis type fighter. It's not really working for her. Um, The reason she's not really talking about her time as governor is that she sees, because she is one of those uh, conservative hawkish types, she sees this campaign season as being a lot more about foreign policy. The Biden administration has a terrible record on foreign policy. She wants to try to run on that and make that her key focus. That's why she talks a tough game on China. That's why she's probably going to hit Vivek Ramaswamy on Israel. She's going to talk a very tough game on the foreign policy angle. And that is something that the Republican Party does need to address. I just don't think it's the biggest thing in front of voters right now.
the economy and crime are the two biggest things. And I really think if more Republicans took that Jeff Landry route of running on law and order more than anything else, I think you'd see a lot of results. But that's just me. All right, I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch this debate. You guys have a fantastic evening. I'll talk to you tomorrow, 23 hours from now. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at redstate.com. You can also check out the podcast going live on Substack, Substack soon. Just go to Substack, look for the Joe Cunningham Show. You'll find it all there. If you get your podcast through Apple or Spotify or whatever, while you're there, give it a rating and give it a review if you can. Uh, that just helps the show grow. You guys have a fantastic day. I'll talk to you again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Y'all have a good one.